0: say it's a blessing to be in the house it's good to see you all <laughs> god is good and all the time is anybody who's worshiping with us for the very first time if you are with us today this is your first service just just raise your hand where you are and we will anybody here for the very first time all oh, right okay we've got a brother here welcome God bless you for joining us. See us another one over there. God bless you guys for coming. We're amazing Grace Parish. We love to be in the house of the Lord and just to make a joyful noise of worship to him. So God bless you. We are part of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, and you're most welcome to be with us. It's a good day. Oh, come on, church. It's a good day. Encourage me. It's a good day. You know, it's, it's you, you're, too, you're, too, you're too quiet for my liking. Yeah. All right, let's go into the Word. Um, and and I've, we've talked about that it is a year of uh, restoration and it's a year of us to flourish. And, and, and today I want to start off something, something al- around that. Joel chapter 2 verse 25 and 26. Joel chapter 2, verse 25 and 26. And, and it says in Joel chapter 2, verse 25 says, And I'll restore to you the years that the locust has eaten and the cankerworm, and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt with Wondrously with you. Everybody say wondrously. I want to talk today about the God who deals wondrously. You're too quiet. (laughs) What do I have to do to wake you up? I want (laughs) to... You get to high praise in a moment. I want to talk about the God who does wonders. Who deals with us wondrously. And it says here that we will praise the name of the Lord, your God, our God, that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. I know that in the year of restoration and flourishing, I will never be ashamed. I will not be ashamed. Shame shall not be my portion. And that's why with those that were there on Friday, we prayed about these things. That in the year that you're supposed to be flourishing, shame shall not be your portion. And the Bible here says that you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. I want to talk to us today about that God who does wonders. The God who deals with the affairs of men wondrously. Hallelujah. And, and I want you to know and to understand that you see God in his infinite wisdom has a way for you. He will deal with you and make things work out for your good. He knows how to make things come together. Amen. The song we just sang is from Exodus chapter 15 and verse 11. And Exodus chapter 15 verse 11 says, Who is like unto thee, O God, O Lord? Who is like unto thee, O Lord? Who is like you? Who is like this wondrous God? Who is like unto you, who is glorious in holiness and fearful in praises, doing wonders. He is fearful in praises. He does things that causes men to fear. And in the midst of the fear, there is wonder and it results in a place of praise. This was a song that was sang by Moses and the children of Israel after they would crossed the Red Sea. They had crossed the Red Sea in such a miraculous way that even those that did not know how to sing began to sing. You see I know you say you can't sing but when the God of wonders is dealt with you, you will sing in the name of Jesus. You see there is a song that comes out you don't know where the words are coming from but when you have met with the God who does wonders you will have a song of praise. God says that you will be satisfied, you will be filled and you will praise the name of the Lord who has dealt wondrously with you. When God does a wonder you will sing Uh, you will sing and he will place a song in your heart and so here Here it's Moses and the children of Israel after they'd crossed that Red Sea and they were on the other side and they looked back. Moses suddenly said, oh, praise the Lord, the horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea. You see, you suddenly have a song out of the things that God has just done for you. God is going to be doing things in your life and he will give you a song there will be a song of praise. There will be a song of adoration. There will be a song of glory. There will be an adoration of his greatness and of his great name because God will do a wonder. Amen. He will do a wonder. I just want to give you quickly. I, I, I just want to give you these things quickly. Ten things that I want to talk to you about just to illustrate the God who deals wondrously with you. You see, because God is going to intervene into the very details of our life, into those areas of our lives where we, we fail sometimes to realize how, is it, how are these things going to be. And most of the time we think about the big miracles like Mary giving birth to a, to, 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 and remaining a virgin. And how does she give birth before she's known a man? That is a great wonder. It is a wonder. But you know what? There are some things in the affairs of your life that God is going to be coming in and stepping in and doing wonders and they will leave you with a song of praise. Hallelujah. I hear the songs. I hear the songs. I hear the songs. I hear the songs in my spirit. Oh my God, I just feel like preaching to somebody. There are songs in your spirit that are waiting to be sung. And God is going to do a wonder to make you sing them. Hallelujah. Number one, God causes even those that would have killed you to look after you. (laughs) And I want, you know, Moses, I am going to use Moses and and, and Joshua for a number of these things that I'm just going to introduce to you today about the God who deals wondrously with you. It was a time in Egypt where a new Pharaoh had arisen who did not know what Joseph had done. Rather, he did not acknowledge what Joseph had done. And because he did not acknowledge it, he said, well, the children of Israel or the people of Israel, these slaves, let's make them slaves. And as they became slaves, he realized that still they continued to give birth. They continue to have more children even though they were slaves. And so he says, let's begin to kill their children. And let's begin to destroy their children. But you see, sometimes God intervenes uh, into situations. The Bible talks about a story of, 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 of Moses and his mother. And his mother gives birth to a son. She gives birth to a son. And I was looking at that and I thought, my God, this will preach. The Bible says she gave birth to a son and she saw that he was a goodly son. Goodly boy. And I thought, my God, honey, you've got to preach that. Because sometimes you give birth to something. And suddenly you see that the thing you have given birth, it's not just an ordinary giving birth. It's not just an ordinary thing. I don't know, somebody here is about to give birth to something. You are about to start on something. And, and as you give birth to it, you will see this is not just an ordinary thing. You know, when you look at your, I mean, we, we, we were all born by our mothers, hopefully. And our mothers called us different names. And they called us according to how they saw us. And this Hebrew woman gave birth to a son. We don't know what she called him, but she said she saw he was a good child and she hid him for three months. So while all the other pregnant women were giving birth and immediately at the point of giving birth, their children were being taken and killed. She gave birth and managed to hide her son for three good months. But you see, the enemy was still after. Pharaoh was still after all those boys. And suddenly, God in his infinite wisdom, like he's going to do for somebody in this place, that person who's been seeking to destroy and to end your project, he's going to be the one who's going to speak for you, I prophesy, into your life in the name of Jesus. Suddenly, the mother says to the sister of this young boy, take your little brother. Put him in the river and wait at the river there and see who will take him. And you know what? Pharaoh's daughter comes to bath at the river place. She sees this little floating Moses basket. That's why we call the Moses basket. (laughs) He was in a little basket. She takes the baby, brings the baby into her home and Pharaoh Ah, you don't hear these people. Pharaoh, who has given the instruction that this little boy should die, begins to take care of the boy. Oh, God is going to work something for you. He is a God who does wonders, He is going to take you in a place where you should have been killed and he's gonna begin to look after you he will cause those people that did not favor you to begin to favor you pharaoh begins to look after this boy and he begins to take care of the needs of this boy the boy should be dead but the boy is alive do you think they couldn't see that this boy was a hebrew boy and besides, who was the maid that came to look after him? It was his mother. Do you think that they couldn't see that this boy was a Hebrew boy? Pharaoh was not stupid. But in the midst of everything, when God decides to intervene in the affairs of your life, God changes that which would have killed you and makes it look after you. Hallelujah, somebody. He's a God who deals wondrously with us. So Exodus chapter 2 and verse 10, the Bible says, and the child grew. This is the child. It was Pharaoh's daughter who called him Moses because he says, I pulled him out of the river. And the child grew and she brought him into and unto Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. He became the grandson of Pharaoh. And you know what? In many of the history books, when they try to show the, how Moses grew up, they show him growing up almost like the son of Pharaoh. And in many accounts of the story of the Egyptians, they say if, 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 if it was not that Moses was an Israelite, Pharaoh would have preferred him than to his own son because he was an excellent young man. <laughs> and, 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 but God intervenes. In a situation where you should have been killed. And, and she looked after him like your own son. God is going to intervene in your situation. That thing which should have died a premature death is not going to die in the name of Jesus. In this year of restoration, your life is restored. You are not dying a premature death in the name of Jesus. That thing which should have killed you is going to look after you. Amen. Number two thing. You see, sometimes God gets, finds ways to get our attention and brings us to the place where we are supposed to be. I just want to show you that God is a God who deals wondrously in the affairs of men. You see, Moses was out in the backside of the desert. He has run away because he has killed an Egyptian and the Israelites have said, we know what you did, you will not do the same to us, so he has to run. Because he's now out in the open. And while he's out in the open, troubled out in the open, God decides to show up for him. I don't know who you are. You have been struggling to say, God, what am I doing in this place? You feel like you are in the backside of something. You feel like you're just in a wilderness, just wondering. But you know what? God can intervene in your situation. God does come in ways that will make sure that you will have no doubt that you have met with God. Those of us that have stayed in our comfortable places sometimes miss God because of the comforts around us. But Moses is out here in the backside of the desert and suddenly God decides to show up to Moses. And, and because Moses had, been, had seen magicians in Egypt and Moses had seen all kinds of things that were happening in Egypt that could have given him some awe or some wonder, God had to come and show him in another way. And what does God do? See, sometimes God catches your attention in different ways. God speaks to us in various ways to get our attention. Exodus chapter 3, verse 2 to 4, talks about how God suddenly showed up to Moses in the bush. (laughs) And the fire was in the bush, but the bush was not burning. There was a fire in the bush, but the bush remained the bush. And so the Bible says, and God appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Why does God do that? It is because he wants to make sure that your attention is fixed upon him. Verse three, to verse three with me. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned? Is not burned. And so when he turns aside, God begins to speak. I know God is going to do something wondrously around you so that you may be able to hear him. I don't know who you are. You've been saying, God, I don't hear you. It's okay. God has a way of getting your attention. If you could get Moses' attention by the burning bush, he will get yours as well. He's going to cause some bush to burn and not be consumed so that you can look up to him and hear what God has to say. And then God begins to say to Moses, Moses, up to now you've been leading sheep, but now you're going to lead my people. He's going to give you a vision. He's going to give you a vision. Anybody here who's destined for great things, God is going to intervene in your life and give you a word. And that word is going to come in a wonderful way, in a wondrous way. Why? Because God needs to be sure that you will rise up and do it. After you have seen a bush burning and God speaking in the bush, you will go out and lead his people. If God had just spoken in some abstract voice, Moses could have dismissed it. Like some of you have dismissed what you have heard because it was too ordinary. But when God wants to, I don't know who you are, but God wants to give you a big task. And because there's a big task, God is going to show you in a way that you will only say, but this is God. This is God. See, one of the moments that I got to know that God had something special for me was when I, I used to be a naughty boy in school. And so some of my friends got chucked out of school. I was among them. I was among them. I was known in the school. But for some reason, the headmaster comes to me and says, we just couldn't find out who your name was. So when we sent everybody else home, you remained at school because we just couldn't find out who your name was. And I was sitting there in this office thinking, how do they not know my name? How were all the other people that were in the place that I was with, how could they not all know, know my name? Because they were asking, who was there, who was there, who was there? And I was he was there, he was there, he was there, he was there. And people could not know my name. So after I got out of there, I went and suddenly I felt an urge to pray. Felt an urge to pray. Say, said, God, what is it? And then God clicked in my heart to say, you know what? You know you've got a call. I was 16. <laughs> I said, God, I don't understand this one. Everybody else, the parents are coming, crying, and my son has been chucked out of school. My parents didn't have to come. Thank God they didn't have to come. I just can't imagine what my mom would have done to me. But they just could not find my name. So sometimes God just intervenes in a way that makes you not understand what everything else around you is about. But he just picks you out and shows you something. And that, that day I saw something that has kept me till today. I know God has a purpose. And I know God has a purpose for somebody in this place. And he will intervene wondrously in your life in the name of Jesus. The God who deals wondrously with us. You know, he can also choose to intervene into your life and show in diverse ways his power. I know you are troubled, about God, these enemies have dealt with me for too long. You know, sometimes we fight all kinds of things, and all kinds of things just keep fighting. You try to break free this way, they hold you that way. It was like that for the children of Israel. When Moses suddenly came up and said to Pharaoh, let the people of God go. What did Pharaoh do? Pharaoh said, from now on I've been giving them the straw. Now they should find it themselves. And when Moses said, no, you can't do that. And and Pharaoh says, now I'm going to make even their burden even harder. Sometimes you are in a place. I know why I need to prophesy to somebody. You've been going around in a place. And as much as you pray, it seems like things are getting worse. But I'm here to tell you that your God is not asleep. Your God is not asleep. He is awake. He is watching. And in the fullness of time, he's going to bring you out. And when he brings you out, the Egyptians that you struggle with today, you will struggle with them no more. I want you to understand something. After this point, Israel, whenever Egypt wanted to invade Israel again, they never were able to really take authority over Egypt until today. I mean, over Israel until today. Because the Egyptians that you see today, you will see them no more. Many times it was actually the Egyptians helping Israel to fight. And even today. Why? Because God had dealt some 10 wonders amongst Egypt. So the Egyptians know you don't deal wrongly with the God of Israel. They that are after you, they that have put you in a place where you seem to be going round and round in circles. God is going to arise and show them that I am a God of wonders. And you don't mess around with me because I am the Lord that defends you. He is God who fights for us. So what does God do? From Exodus chapter 7 up to verse 12, God is doing does one wonder after the other performing wonders over the children of Israel and I'll just read Exodus chapter 3 verse 19 to 20 this is what God says the children of Israel had cried like somebody's crying in this place to say God when will you deliver me I'm here to tell you you will be delivered you will be restored to your own verse 19 God says God says and I'm sure the king of Egypt will not let you go no not By a mighty hand. You see, sometimes some of the things you struggle with, they need a hand mightier than your own. If it was just the hand of Moses, Pharaoh would not let them go. And of course, when Moses came in to Pharaoh and said to Pharaoh, let my people go, what did Pharaoh say? He says, who are you? Who sent you? I should be putting you in prison for having killed an Egyptian. So who are you to challenge me on this wise? To tell me that my slaves should go. And, but God had already declared, he will let my people go after he has seen my mighty hand. The mighty hand of the Lord will fight for you in the name of Jesus. I told you the other day, you will not need to fight because the battle belongs to the Lord. But sometimes while you're going through the season of the battle, it might look like God has forgotten you, but I need to tell you, the battle belongs to the Lord. His mighty hand will fight for you. And verse 20 says, And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders which I do in the midst thereof, and after that he will let you go. After that he will let you go. After that he will let you go. And so God brought all kinds of wonders. He First he was turning a rod into a serpent just to show, to show Pharaoh that Moses is not a guy to play around with. And so when Pharaoh called his magicians and said, also turn your rods into snakes, and they did, what did the rod of Moses do? It swallowed up all the others. And then they, they all stood back and said, this one is special. And Pharaoh began to listen to what Moses was saying. And then afterwards, when Pharaoh kept being hard and stubborn, God sent turned water into blood, and He sent frogs upon the land. If God must send frogs upon the enemy's camp, He will do it. And God sent lice and flies, and they had boils, and there was darkness over. The, you know, so you, you can can you imagine that? You know, there is light on your house, and on the neighbor who's fighting you, there is darkness. That was what was happening. In Egypt. And you know what? It might, it might not be as physical as, as it looked on that day. God can still do it so physical. I've seen him do it. If I had more time, I could tell you some of those testimonies. Where somebody was saying, how come things seem to be good for you? And I said, but we all got the same. What happened is because God knows how to make you light. And those that would have said this one should be getting rid of darkness. And so there they were. And the people were groping in darkness. And they tried to cross over to the place of the Israelites. And the darkness would follow them. So that they could not have light. Until Pharaoh said, ah, we have it's enough of this darkness. Go out. And when they were about to go, Pharaoh stopped them again and said, no, 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 no don't go. Come back. Because he now had light again. So what does God do? God turns. He says, okay, fine, I'm going to strike your animals. So the animals of Pharaoh begin to die. The animals of the Egyptians begin to die. Why was God doing that? That you know what? The animals were grazing. Pharaoh's animal is here with the animal of the Israelite. This one dies and this one remains alive. God was just showing his power. That I can make distinctions between those that are mine and those that are not for me that I can make distinctions for you, Israel, my people, and bring you to the place where you must be. I need you to understand that that's how God deals wondrously with you. He can distinguish you in the midst of everybody else. And so after the deaths of the animals, God says to, God says to Moses, tell Pharaoh that you know he is to be careful. And Pharaoh is still hard-hearted. Then God says, I'm going to put thunder and hailstorm and all kinds of things that plagued this, the land. And Pharaoh was now saying, ah, this is enough. But still, his heart was hard. And then God says, I'm going to show one more wonder. One more wonder. And I hear something in my spirit that says to somebody, just one more wonder. Just one more wonder and you're breaking free. One more wonder and you're breaking free. And and, and God says the firstborns. Now, you see, this is only something that God can do. Why would the firstborns? It's easy if God just says the Egyptians would die, but just the firstborns. Why? Because God knew how to strike where it hurts the enemy. See, for us as human beings, we might not know how to do it, but God knows how to strike the striking blow that gets you free. And I want to declare to you that God is God above the devil. He's God above the demons and the spiritual forces. And the evil ones We fight not against human beings, but you know that I, I'm sure. Ephesians chapter six. We don't wrestle with human beings, but the enemy is the spiritual forces of darkness. And so God knows how to give the striking blow. And so he gives a striking blow to Egypt in this place, and at that moment, Pharaoh says, "Moses, go away with all these people." and they are released. You see, your day of release is coming. It is a year of your restoration and God will do wonders to show your enemies that he is God above you. That he is God who takes care of your life. He is God who watches over you, the affairs of your everyday life. He is God who can make you survive where everybody else does drugs. He's God who can make you survive where everybody else downs themselves in alcohol. He's God who can make you survive where everybody else is promiscuous, where everybody else is cheating and everybody else says church doesn't matter. He's a God who can help you survive. Why? Because he knows how to hit the spiritual forces that work against you. He knows how to deal with them in a wonderful way that they know that there is a God in heaven. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 14 the Bible says and God has has made a public spectacle of verse fifteen has made a public spectacle of the devil. He's nailed the ordinance that was against us on the cross, so that you can be free and you will be free. You are free in the name of Jesus. God will intervene in a wondrous way for you. I need you to know that God can do wonders. I could tell you more of the things that God has can do and will do, but I just I just want you to know that God can. do Come in in wondrous ways just to deal with the enemies that are against you. Number what? Four or five? Number four. God can hand over to you what has been due for you for a long time. I don't know who you are, but you're in for a payout this year. God will restore your Jews in the name of Jesus. See, sometimes we've labored. I need to prophesy on somebody. You've labored for a long time. And you've been asking for an increase. And God is saying, I will give you your increase backdated four years. I know I fall, but but you will be having backdated four years. Maybe that's when you started this fight. To say, increase my juice. You will have it backdated four years. What should have been yours four years ago will now come with interest to you. In the name of Jesus. God Almighty will, is able, more than able, to do that which He says she will do. He's a God of wonders. And the thing that's supposed to have been yours will come to you. Look at me. Worship here. Let her enjoy her God. Let her, in the name of Jesus. See, God deals with us in a way that he restores the things that are supposed to have been us, to have been ours. And so in Exodus chapter three and verse 21 and 22, God speaks to them and says, when it's time for you to go, you will go to your neighbor and begin to borrow their jewelry and ask for their precious things and they will give you. And you know what? It sounded funny. But these people had been slaved for so long without being paid. They had labored for a long time without being paid. They had been working and working and working without being acknowledged for their labor. And God says, you know what? You're about to leave this place, and as you go, you will just go to your neighbor and say to your neighbor, the neighbors were the Egyptians, not the Israelites. Go to the neighbor, go to the Egyptians, and say to them, please give me your necklace. Please give me your ring. Please give me your watch. And they'll look at us, this one, yes, that one. And you know what, on the day that they were about to leave, This is what happens. On the day when they are about to leave, go to chapter 12 and verse 35. On the day they are about to leave, the Bible says, and the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. You see, sometimes you need to hear what the word of God is saying and just do according to that word. (laughs) Did you hear what I said, people? You need to do according to that word. They did according to the word that Moses had given them. And they went and did what? And they borrowed. I don't know why they were borrowing. They were just supposed to ask. But the Bible says they went and borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and of gold and of raiment. And go on to the next one. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them such things as they required. And the last statement is that and they spoiled the Egyptians. See, there was so much favor that somebody would actually say, ah, it's, you want this one that I'm wearing? No, I have some more in the house. Let me go bring them for you. That's how it's going to happen for you. They say, ah, you are just asking for 5% increase. We're going to give you 10. Ah, uh, who are you? You're asking for just one. We will give you two. Just, but if it's a husband, just say, I only want one. <laughs> You're asking for just just this one. I have some more there. Let me give it to you. They will give you things that you did not ask. And the Bible says the Egyptians were so keen to see the Israelites going that they gave them as much as they asked even more. And the Israelites spoiled the Egyptians. In other words, they took everything that they could. See, there was so much silver and gold that the Israelites didn't know what to do with it when they were in the desert. Do you know what they eventually did with that silver and gold? They made a calf, a golden image. Oh, God have mercy that when you are lifted up on high, don't forget the Lord. When God gives you much, don't forget God. When God has blessed you, don't forget the Lord. This is not my sermon today. But if God does bless you, don't forget the Lord. And so they were blessed beyond measure. The wages of the past were just given to them. The things that they had never seen before. Suddenly they were saying, oh, how we yearn to have a necklace like yours. Who's got a necklace? Oh, yeah, you have a necklace. And they were yearning to have a necklace. Suddenly they had more than enough necklaces. All those earrings you're wearing, honey, you would have received twenty pairs if you needed them. Because that was the moment where God was saying, "I will restore you for the years that the locust has eaten. I will restore to you the years that the cankerworm has eaten. God will restore to you the things that you have not received in the past that you were supposed to have received. Oh, they are coming! They are coming! They are coming! In the name of Jesus, God has something in store for you. You will receive of the Lord that which he has purposed for your life and it will be backdated if it must but God knows how to intervene and give you the payout that you need. He will give you that house that you thought you had lost he will give you that place that you thought, oh God, when am I going to have my own? God will intervene and give you your own in the name of Jesus. If he can do it for these people in this way, God will do it for you as well. And I can, I can tell you, after 10 years of renting a house, we were praying with my wife to say, God, now you need to remember us. And eventually God gave us a house and after we had bought it, the neighbor comes over to me and says, you know, you are a smart guy, and I said, "No, I don't know about being smart, but tell me about it." And and he says, "You know, you've bought this house, and you've not paid for those two rooms up on top." I just looked at him, I said, "What are you talking about?" And then he begins to tell me the value of the house and the court battle they had gone through, and the, what it cost to go through that court battle to build the two extra rooms that my boys use as their bedrooms. And I was standing there saying, "Wow, God, you know, God, you are good." Because for the 10 years I've been renting a house with a crack in the wall. Now, and there was a crack in our, who knows our house, Elton and Edna, you know our house. There was this crack in the wall, which I tried so many times to go to Idealis and say, please repair this crack. And they would not repair it. And we had to get a good picture to cover up that wall, that crack in the wall. They just wouldn't repair it. And one time I said, please come in now, water is coming in. And they said, no, we don't repair it. We are even thinking of destroying the whole building. And I was saying, my. God. And after 10 years of that God gives me a house with no crack but two extra rooms on top. I know that God can intervene in, and I didn't have to pay for those two rooms. I know that God will intervene in your life in and in your situation and give you the payout that you are supposed to get. Amen. Wherever you are laboring today it's okay. Keep on working because God is going to... Uh, you don't want to stop working because if you stop working, you may not get what was due to you. So stick in there because in due season, God who does wondrously with you will rise and intervene for you. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm going to stop here. How many, How what number was I on? Number four. I'm still on number four. I could preach until tomorrow. <laughs> Okay, let, let, me give, let me just give you one more. Is that okay? One more. God can make, no, two more. God can make a way where there is no way. You see, the children of Israel have left Israel, uh, of left Egypt. And while they are going, they come to the Red Sea. And at the Red Sea, They don't know how to cross. There is no bridge. There are no ships. Even if there were ships, there would not be enough to ferry all those people over and come back. And while they are there, they can hear the chariots of Pharaoh coming. And as the chariots of Pharaoh are coming, they just say, Lord, we are stuck. And Moses, why did you bring bring us this way? And you know what? There was something in the sound of the chariots of Pharaoh that told them that Pharaoh was not coming just to say goodbye. He was coming for revenge. Remember, he has lost his son. And the firstborn son was precious in the Egyptian world. He was heir to the throne. He was supposed to be the next Pharaoh. And now Pharaoh... He has to try to start again to get a, an ear to his throne. So he is angry. But not only that, the men also that were with Pharaoh, those that were not firstborns, had died. So now they were thinking, my brother, the firstborn, died. My son, my firstborn, died. Now they are coming for revenge. So the people of Israel knew they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like somebody here. You feel stuck between a rock and a hard place. You don't know whether to continue being here or to go there. You don't know whether to continue doing this or to start that. Stuck between a rock and a hard place. When you look at the thing in front of you, it looks like you will drown. When you look at the thing behind you, you just know I can't go back. When you look at the options you have it's just hard to know which option to take because everything seems impossible. But I want you to know that the God who deals wondrously with us, he is a God of impossibilities. There is nothing impossible with God. You heard from the message we got in the praise and worship that he is a God. Nothing is difficult for him. Nothing is impossible with the God you serve. If you can look to this God, God will make a way where there is no way there was no road in the red sea but god made one suddenly god opens the red sea i've told you about uh, about the about about the red sea parting before you can go to youtube to look for that sermon but god makes a way in the red sea and they go on dry ground the bible says of of god in that place The Bible says to, God says to to Moses in Exodus 14 verse 16, But Moses, lift up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on what? Dry ground. They shall go on dry ground. They shall not need to struggle with the mud. They will not need to struggle with the water. I will make the ground to be dry for them to go across. God will make the place which should have swallowed you, which should have drowned you, to be dry so that you can go across. I see somebody making it across. I see you making it across because God makes a way where there is no way. It might be difficult when you look at it, but when you move with God, or when you take a step, the ground will be dry and you will be able to walk through and you will look at the water on that side and the water on that side. Egypt is coming over there, but you you've got dry ground and your way is clear. They didn't have to worry, should we turn, should we go? No, God just made a way through. There is a way through for you in the name of Jesus. There is a way through for you. And, And so they walked right in the midst of it all the way to the other side. And here's my last one. At a certain moment, the people of Israel were not faithful with God. And God allowed a plague of serpents to come upon them. And God says, and, and as they were plagued by these serpents, the serpents would bite them and some would die and or go sick, and, and then God looks upon and hears the prayers of Moses. And then God says to Moses, Make a snake, a serpent, put it on a pole. Stand it in the midst of the camp. And whoever will look upon it will be saved. Whoever will look upon it will be saved. You see, ordinarily, when you are bitten by a snake, you think that they should remove the venom, maybe chop off your hand and tie it before the venom spreads everywhere. Who has ever been bitten by a snake? Nobody. I've seen somebody who has been bitten by a snake. The feet begin to swell and they've had to cut off a piece just to contain the venom. And they've had to drain some of the blood to remove the venom. And you need to find an anti-venom to inject sometimes to, to make sure that you neutralize the venom of the snake. It's good when you know what snake it is. And lucky when the person survives long enough to have that injection. But you see, here God says to them, they will not need to be all those things. All they need to do is look. All they need to do is look. And look to what? Look to the pole where you have put the serpent. And that was how God intervened. In the midst of the thing Where they deserved to die, when they cried out for mercy, God made a way which was so simple. All they had to do was look to it. John chapter 3 and verse 14. I want to stop here today. John chapter 3 and verse 14. And the Bible says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of men be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, will believe in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to say to you, you have a God who deals wondrously even in the affair of your salvation. Your soul must have everlasting life. Your soul must have life, and that life is only found in Jesus. It's not found by anything that we need to do. You will not need to amputate or inject anything. All you need to do is look up to the cross where Jesus is. As the people looked up to the serpent and they were healed of the snake bites, all you need to do is look up to Jesus. All you need to do is connect with Jesus. And when you see Jesus on the cross, your salvation, your salvation is guaranteed. All these things that I've spoken about, they will happen because we have seen Jesus on the cross. All these things will happen because we have that relationship with Jesus that gives us life. All these wonders will work for you if you can see Jesus on that cross and turn to him and give your life to him. Because that's what they were doing. They were saying, my life, Lord, now is in your hands. It's in your hands. It's in your hands. Can you put your life in the hand of Jesus? Can you put your life in the hand of Jesus? God says that, you know, a son of man must be lifted up. He is lifted. And as he is lifted, all those that will look to him will have life, everlasting life. Everlasting life. Let's rise to our feet today. Oh, Everlasting life is in Jesus. If we can but stretch our hand to him, stretch our lives to him, Jesus will give us the life that we need. Jesus will work the wonders that we yearn for. Jesus will work the wonders that we are crying for. He will do the great things that will bring restoration and flourishing if men can but look up to the cross of Calvary. There on the cross where Jesus is. Can you pray and give your life to Jesus? I don't know who you are if you have not given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have not said, Lord Jesus, be Lord over my life. Take my life. I surrender to you. I will need you to make that prayer today and say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I pray that you may be Lord over my life. There are things that can destroy me. There are things that I do that are capable of destroying me. But God, I lift my hands. I lift my heart. I lift my life to you. That Jesus, Jesus be Lord over my life. Oh, just just go go ahead and make that prayer. In the name of Jesus. I need to give that person that opportunity to just pray And Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I make a decision today not to look to anything else, but to look to the cross. Oh God, it is a wonder in itself that Jesus would say, just look unto me and I will give you life. Look unto me and I will give you life where we are living in a a world where there are so many things that are biting us and taking life out of us, where there are so many things that suck the hope and the joy and the peace, all we need to do to find it is look to Jesus, is look to Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I need you. Oh, I need you. Yes. We I need you. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Oh, I need you, Jesus. I. I don't know where what area you need God to just work a wonder for you but you can pray to the God of wonders this afternoon and say father do a wonder in my life do a wonder in my life he is the God of wonders and you can call upon him right now and say father do a wonder in my life in the name of Jesus Because you've given your life to Jesus, because your life is in Jesus, you are a candidate for God's wonder. Oh, pray and say, Father, do a wonder in my life, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, do a wonder, oh God. Oh, pray for your life situation, pray for those things where you just need God to enter in the place where you are pressed, in the place uh, where it is hard, in the place where it is difficult, uh, and say, Father, Lord, do a wonder. In the name of Jesus, Jehovah, my God, do a wonder, oh Lord. Uh, Lord, uh, you are a mighty God, you are God uh, who does great things. Do a wonder in my life, oh God. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, come on church cry out to Jesus oh he's gonna do wonders he's gonna work wonders he will use your life for wonders for signs you will have a testimony to declare unto the the people that it is God of wonders who does this that God has dealt with me wondrously and he has filled my mouth with a song he has filled my heart with a song in the name Jesus oh Jehovah thank you Jehovah thank you as we pray, I, I, I don't know if, if you are there and you say pastor pray with me that God might activate something in my life, that I'm tired of the place where I am, I just need God to release me in the name of Jesus to something higher, oh God come and do a wonder in my life in the name of Jesus, if you are somebody like that and you just need that prayer, just come quickly I'll pray for you before we close, in the name of Jesus, Marebo, Sandalaba Oh God, do a wonder in the name of Jesus